Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. What's going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And on this episode, we have a guest, one of my favorite creators. Yes, I'm very excited. It was a long time coming, but we got him in the studio. He's not from the U.S., so no. it really was a long time coming. But Tom Scott joins us. Um, he's a one of my favorite YouTubers and uh, has over 5 million subscribers, so you've probably heard of him at some point. But it is kind of hard to describe his channel. It's I very think. hard to describe. Some of his most recent video titles include... I rode a giant mechanical elephant. You can too. Great video, by the way. Really good video. Uh, How does Britain know what time it is? Just a a great video to click. Um, He also has a video called, this video has 53,699,710 views. And it does in fact have Mm -hmm. 53,699,710 views. So we talk about the wild variety of things that he does on his channel and sort of categorize it and talk about how he makes videos. We also talk about his process. And uh, turns out he's also super competitive. He's hyper competitive, and we found that out firsthand on this episode. And it was it was a good time overall. Yeah. So definitely buckle up, enjoy. It's a fun conversation, and let's just jump right in. Hello, Tom Scott is joining us for Waveform this week. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, thanks for, for joining. Uh, thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. We were just talking for a second about the temperature yesterday, and you said it was 36 degrees. It, it was. And I was it like, was. where were you? <laughs> um, it, but that was Celsius, and yeah. I now have to calibrate exactly what High, that 90s. Means. high 90s. High 90s. I'm, I'm not built for that. It was hot yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, so you're from, from Europe. Yes. Where would you say you're from right now? Because we were talking <laughs> about that too. Uh, I am traveling so much at the minute that I am not entirely sure. It is lovely to finally be out on the road and like I'm bringing packs of lateral flow tests with me and I'm being really careful where I go. It feels strange to me to be without masks in a podcast studio. I know we're we're tested, we we check all that, but after two plus years of this and being so careful, it's it's lovely to be back out. I I seem to be way more careful than a lot of people are though because... Like I, all over Europe, all over the bits of the US I've seen here, like there's there's a lot of indoor dining. There's levels basement. to mm-hmm. it. There's for yeah. sure levels to it. Like I'll go somewhere where everyone is wearing a mask, and I'll go somewhere in the same town where no one is wearing a mask. It's it's yeah. a, it's a huge variety here. Yeah. But I I wanted to talk to you for a long time. I I've watched your videos for a long time. Well, likewise. We'll, we'll I mean we'll save the mutual admiration for society sure. for yeah. a while. But yeah. Um, my favorite question to ask fellow creators is. How do you explain what you do to people who don't know? So 
I mean, it depends if, if I know you did a video on this. Like, if you're in the back of back of a cab and yep. someone asks what yep. you do, what do you say? Um, I mean, the the easy out, the easy out is I, I run a video production company, sure. which is what I do. Yeah. Um, other than that, I am basically a TV presenter from the '90s at this point. <laughs> like, I I grew up watching the four channels that were available, mm-hmm. and I seem to to infuse a lot of that into what I do. Because I think I, I grew up in the age of linear television, in yeah. the age of of content that, unless you specifically video recorded something and saved it, never you would it never get to see again. Yeah. And there's still quite a lot of sensibility of that in my head. And I sometimes find a disconnect between myself and, is it too patronizing to say the kids? Um, the, <laughs> no, the, kids the kids who grew up with the internet from birth, with YouTube from birth yeah. now, living in a world where almost any media you want is available on demand, um, yeah. either through someone illegally uploading it to YouTube <laughs> because it's 20 years old, it's not in content ID, yep. to any streaming service, to anything like that, to to uh, what I assume is still piracy going on. You know, I, I remember the days of torrent trackers and all that. I assume they're still going, mm-hmm. but we now have a world where it seems to be streaming for most stuff. Yeah, so you feel like a sort of like a host on your channel, but you, I mean, your videos, if I were to just open up your channel right now and just start scrolling through video titles. It's all over the map. Like there's, I have, I make it, I have a theme, it's tech videos. So like, you know, tech products come out. I can explain that to people. I I review and talk about the newest technology. It's like, okay, that's Mm. sort of a concise thing. If I were to try to explain your channel to someone who hasn't seen it, I might start with, uh, what was the last video about? It was. I don't remember. It, yes, it's no idea. Yeah. It's, This is quite like, I, I will occasionally get someone asking me about a specific thing I've done in the past. I've got like, no memory no of clue. it. Yeah. None at all. What, what I would like to run is the kind of 1990s uh, fact and so factual entertainment um, magazine show. Would, would be the term in the UK, which is in the same manner that you would you would look through a magazine and there is an article on this, an article on that, an article. And maybe you're not interested in everything, but you want, you know the writing that goes into you know you know the the style. Mm-hmm. Most of it is is going to be something you're interested in. Hmm. And because that was appointment to view television, then you would tune in for the show. Um, I think the, the the example that sticks in my head is the BBC uh, and then a lot of other broadcasters had a show called Coast for a while in the mid-2000s, I want to say, which was just, it was stories about the coast of Britain. And one of them in each episode might be uh, about biology, which is it's not generally something that, okay, it's some fish, I'm not interested. And then it might be, okay, here's here's a bit of archaeology that's this old infrastructure thing. For like, oh, brilliant, that's what I'm interested in. Right. But I would watch the thing about the fish because it was in the show. And I knew that the show was going to be good. And I liked that Brand. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to imitate. Ideally, I would be putting out half-hour shows that cover three or four things, but the medium has changed. Right. That's not what YouTube wants. That's not what the, the entire medium is set up for, and you have to adjust your content to fit the medium. That's not a complaint. Yeah. That's just a, a fact. So in a world where you have to clickbait every title and thumbnail, what I'm doing is, is taking the sections from what would be that magazine show, okay. and now... Now I can't do the thing about the fish. I mean, I still can, but if I do, fewer people will watch it. They're going to channel flip immediately to something else, to use the, the 90s analogy. And I guess I, I'm not saying that it was better then, because it's really easy to get nostalgic for, for things that were, that were obviously worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it is obviously a much better thing that we have access to so much more 
variety. And so much more variety, so many more perspectives, so much more information. More information is, is always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, don't hold me to that. I'll find a counterexample <laughs> to that at some point. I think that's a fair more statement. More information is generally a good sure. thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's really easy to get in that that kind of idea of, I can only do this now. That happened to me during, during the pandemic. I, I now do four to five minute videos mm-hmm. generally about interesting things in the world. Okay, that's, I think, key. Because yeah. I, I think when I see your channel, I would I would argue you could do the video about fish and I would watch it because... I, I did. Because uh, I know it's a Tom did, Scott video. But I had to title it, It's Like a Spaceship for Sharks. Yes, <laughs> and I will watch that because I know somehow Tom yeah. Scott is going to tie this together and make this actually I, I, work. I talked about the infrastructure. It was filmed at an aquarium. Mm-hmm. But I made the analogy to a spaceship and to life support systems because you are taking these creatures that are way outside their natural habitat, putting them in a thing with a wall on ma- and maintaining a higher pressure environment that if it breaks, they'll die. That's a spaceship. That's just like a spaceship. Um, but how do you sell that to an audience where if you say this is about fish, they're going to click on any of the other dozen things that are in there? Right. I think that might be one of the things that weirdly TikTok sort of solves and short sort of solves because you just get served things. And as long as you can make that argument in the first three, four seconds, you don't need to click. You need to click back the start of your video. That's a different type of bait. But that's a different type of bait. Yeah. I mean, TikTok terrifies me. You know, I, Oh, we can I, go I, I respond, hole. I love TikTok. <laughs> do you, so do you, do you make TikToks at all? No, I, I, I responded okay. I responded to shorts by starting a new channel where everything's four times as long and looks oh, yeah. like a really 90s TV show. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I... No, I didn't because I... It's... I feel weird talking this much, by the way. I, I'm going to say this. that I've, I've learned... Over, I realize that's what I'm here for. Yeah, like, I'm the guest no, I, on this. And I keep having... I am talking too much. Should I? <laughs> I should be asking questions. This is not my job here. This is... No, we love this. This is... Um, I, I like talking to creators because I've, I always find that we have a lot in common and we always have different parts where we might diverge on either how we approach something or, or how we create. Probably my, my second favorite question to ask is like, how do you make a video? Which is probably mm-hmm. even more interesting for you because there's such a variety of topics. Yeah. You mentioned it's interesting things or, or interesting topics that you care about. Mm-hmm. Right. So that might be anything. Um, there's it, a lot of, th- by the way, there's a lot. It's mostly infrastructure. So there is a, a wonderful channel by a friend of mine called Evan, uh, who runs a channel called Rare Earth. Uh, he's been a guest on my channel before. Yeah. He is interested in people. So he makes um, videos about people. He, so he makes videos about people and humanity and the things that we do to each other. Quite frequently, like he takes he takes to some very dark places. Um, whereas I seem to be interested in things, and that's that's how my brain works. And I'm sure yeah. someone could do a huge amount of, of psychoanalysis on that to, to find out that ultimately people make, I think, sustainable channels on whatever medium that is, make videos about the things they're interested in. Absolutely. If you have a popular channel, but it's something you're not interested in, I suspect it wouldn't survive that long. Yep. It's that's how that's how burnout happens. It's yeah. also interesting, though, because like when we talk about or when people talk about channels being successful, they say find a niche. Your niche is things, which is like the least <laughs> yeah. niche thing and possible. It and it didn't used to be. It used to be that the channel had my name on it mm-hmm. and it was just going to be about whatever I'm interested in. And there was all sorts of stuff. There was game show stuff and there was all sorts of things. And that is not how YouTube works in the 20s, mm-hmm. which is a bit frustrating. Again, magazine show. Mm-hmm. But, and I feel like, again, 
shorts is a thing where you get to experiment more with that because uh, terrifying as it is, it polls your audience and the wider audience in the first few minutes, finds the niche for that video, and then goes from there. Yeah. I mean, what are your experiences with it? This is is what I'm asking creators that I meet. Yeah. As someone who hasn't gone into that world because... It feels like a whole lot of effort I don't have brain space for to learn a new medium. Right. Okay. It is fascinating. So I have a bunch of thoughts on it. And to sort of tie it to what you mentioned, my channel is about tech. So I do feel an obligation with whatever video I make next to have some sort of tech in it. We just talked about how I'm, I'm reviewing a new car for Top Gear. There's usually some sort of tech in every possible thing, whether it's an electric car or a high-tech car or a hybrid powertrain. And this one's a Maybach. And I'm thinking, this might be the least tech car. Right. How do I bring tech in this to find a way for me to be the one talking about it? Um, but with short form content, like you said, each individual video gets its own exposure to whatever. So people aren't necessarily subscribing to a shorts channel or subscribing to that shorts experience, but they're just scrolling through their feed and it gets served to them. And so I found while I do make an effort to make tech-related shorts, I have found uh, you can experiment way more and often find success. If you make a good native video and something you really care about, it will find that audience. Um, That being said, the most viewed piece of content we've ever made was a flip phone. It was just the LG wing just flipping it open. Yeah. It has 40 million views on TikTok. And I just... How long is that video? It's like 30 seconds. Not even. Not even. We shot it in probably five minutes. Yeah. But I think that's kind of interesting. There are are things we find really interesting sometimes where the interesting thing is only about a minute long. I mean, like, sometimes it's not worth a full video. Yeah. That's where we found that. I I reject video. Yeah. I I reject video ideas for that reason. It's Mm -hmm. like, maybe 30 seconds in there. I just realized that. That's probably probably That's a good way need. of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I put the effort in, and I hate to sound mercenary about this, there is not much return there other than being able to promote the channels where you make money. Exactly. I hate to have the, the no, full mercenary attitude right. to that. There is not a, a sustainable monetization option for shorts yet. There, yeah. wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't for YouTube in the early days either. Um, but if you're only producing 10, 20 seconds of content then you are not going to get as much back from that anyway. Yeah, I think someone told us most TikTokers want to become YouTubers. It was the same with Vine. Thing. It was yeah. exactly the same with yes. Vine. Yeah. Look at yeah. some of the biggest YouTubers right now. They yeah. were Vine artists because there is no monetization there. And like, yeah. Yeah. I'd say we we spend the time making shorts and all that, but exactly like you said, that is for it because its algorithm is so good to hit an audience that we're hoping some of that brings it back yeah. to where yeah. we're a, creating content. Yeah, I, I created a separate shorts channel and I, I get asked a lot of times why I created a separate channel for it because honestly, the better uh, ecosystem decision probably would be to do occasional shorts on the main channel because what I've always found is those will just be super low effort, super short time. They will find an audience and just bring in new subscribers to the thing that actually makes the money. Yeah. Uh, so if I put them in a separate silo on a shorts channel, they're just going to be in a separate silo and somewhere that doesn't make money. Um, so whether or not that was a good business decision, well, we have yet to see because I'm still experimenting with shorts. But, um, you know, I've done one short on the main channel and it was an iPhone, a green iPhone unboxing. 
Right. Like, how long could you possibly talk about a new yeah. phone color, right? Like, it's green. I, it's green. Here it is. So, yeah, 12 seconds. There it is. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, my experiments with with shorts are not over. I'm very, I'm very curious about the future of that. Um, I, want, I want to talk about the Maybach that you've got at the moment, okay. just because yeah. how are you making that a technology video, if that's what you're going to do? Because mm-hmm. I would absolutely, anytime I'm, I'm looking at car reviews, anything like that, the thing that I actually want to know is someone who, doesn't really care that much about engines and things like that is not um <laughs> it's not how fast does it go it's not how how comfortable the ride is it's is this entertainment system going to annoy me for every minute I'm in this car? <laughs> yep. I think the answer is yes for yeah. most. That's is, is the adaptive cruise control going to actually work or am I going to have to guide it along as it breaks too late all the time? Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that's what most reviewers are going for. But then my my concerns about cars are probably not those that... that most of the public have. I love this this question. So first of all, the, the Maybach is for uh, Top Gear, which I write a column for. So I won't even be making a video about it. I'm just going to be writing a column for him. Nice. But I have made a bunch of car videos, and that is always a question of, like, how does my car perspective fit into the world of car videos? And I watch a lot of car videos, and a lot of them are just like you described, driving dynamics, handling power, acceleration. We're going to do a drag test now. Now we're going to do a stopping test. Now we're going to do a cornering test. I'm going to be doing 55 down a motorway. <laughs> yeah. <I> like <sighs> the actual ownership experience is very different. So for a lot of these high-tech cars, and maybe I'm a little guilty because I've done a little bit of like the, the supercar world and that's what people really care about in that world. But when you're buying something, I try to put it in your hands through the camera. I try to actually let you sort of own it, hold it, use it. And for a car... It's driving around on regular streets. It's going grocery shopping. It's dropping people off. It's a carpool. It's a road trip. And that's what I want to be able to give people for, like, regular cars. Yeah, you did the EV road trip, didn't you? We did the EV road trip. Just, like, what is it like to charge an electric vehicle for a thousand-mile trip versus a gas car? That's when, just... when your country doesn't have a national standard charging <laughs> yeah, connector. <laughs> it's really interesting to actually go through that process and figure that out. So, yeah, for the Maybach, for something like that, it's like, all right. I don't know. For people who are going to actually buy this $190,000 Mercedes in disguise, what do they actually care about when they're going to buy it? For some of them, it is the infotainment system. I will talk about that. For some of them, it is what's it like in the backseat. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about that. Uh, but that's a unique challenge for a product reviewer is talking to the exact person who wants to buy that thing. Right. Figuring out who it is before you even talk about and the product. And everyone has different requirements. Yeah. Every product has different requirements. Yeah. Like I'll review a phone and it's like, I re- if I review the iPhone, that's one audience. If I review the ROG Phone 6, I could talk about it the same way as the iPhone, but it's, it's going to be lost on the people who actually want to buy the ROG Phone 6. So you have to sort of oh, adapt the language they, a little bit. I'm not sure there's many of those people. <laughs> there's, well, that's exactly right. It's a very small subset of those people and they're over here. So yeah. they care about performance and gaming and, and clock speeds and things like that, frames per second. But uh, yeah, that is a challenge of talking about products, I think. I think we found that to be pretty consistent. Especially when it's a product kind of like that is in our range because it's technology, but also kind of isn't in our range. And it's hard to see a lot of comments being like, Stay away from cars. Stick to this. But it, well, like that's the other thing. But like I love hearing you say like you're watching a video like that because you are interested in a car that you're gonna drive, but you're not interested in it from a mechanical standpoint right. or something. There's the, the first thing I do people. when I get into a rental car is right. How do I plug my phone in here? How do I get CarPlay working? Uh-huh. Oh God, how does this cruise control system work? <laughs> Why can I only test this when I'm going at speed? How I, I shouldn't have to learn a user yeah, interface exactly at yeah. 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, it, 
you know, I would argue there should be a standard on that, but there isn't. Um, as someone who very much likes a, a, a car that can just basically drive itself on on motorways, mm-hmm. finding that every model performs differently, every one will hold a slightly different position in the lane, have a slightly different or completely different uh, interface to deal with. <sighs> it's. Yeah. I don't think a review would help with that. You just have to find ones. No, this is what makes me want to start a car channel. Mm-hmm. This is what makes me want to start. Like I, I review phones kind of in this uber detailed way where it's like I know about using a smartphone because I've tested and reviewed and used. Mm-hmm. Can I say thousands? It's been hundreds at least. Definitely it's probably yeah. thousands. It might be thousands of phones. Um, and now as I slowly grow my f- fleet of cars that I've tested – I'm developing the same things. I'm like, wow, this one sort of bounces back and forth between the lane lines when I'm in cruise yeah. control. Oh, this one just sort of holds on the left side and will sort of wiggle when I pass a car. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, these things you notice that you don't really put in the car video because a car video on YouTube right. is supposed to be one thing. Yeah. And when you vary from that, they go, you don't know cars. You're not doing a good car video. So I want to make, I want to, yeah, that's. that's yeah, no, it, it, you, want, want, you want a car video for the commuter. Yeah. For, yeah, you're going to be driving x miles in this every day back and forth what's that like here's what it's really like yeah yeah there you go that's a free idea for someone if you're not taking it i love it let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk more youtube stuff hi we're visible we're the wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And that's exactly what NetSuite provides. Support. What they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. I actually, I actually have a question. I can you want to start with that? On, on yeah, creation that. stuff. Um, one of the questions I have for people who make long-form like this mm-hmm. is uh, your shooting ratio is the wrong term for a podcast, I guess, but the the time you record versus the amount you publish. Right. So I, I used to do a, a show called Citation Needed with some friends, which was just oh, yeah. just sitting around with friends. Again, I used to do very different things and it was possible like to do I've that. I've seen it, yeah. Um, and that found an audience, but these days if you're launching something like that, you'd have to fit the medium. Anyway, point being, we shot probably about two to three times hmm. what went into the show. We yep. dropped any slow bits, we, we kept the funny bits. We looked far better than we were because, 
as, as anyone who attended the live shows will know, yeah. we looked far better than we were because following on from BBC radio comedy and everything like that, you record so much and you, then you put in a show. Trim, trim, yep. What's your approach to doing that? So immediately when you brought that up, I, I, I got this little like scale in my head um, of the type of content and where it would fall on the scale. If, if we go from a scale of one to 10, one being we use everything we shoot, 10 being we trim most of what we shoot. Um, a one is the podcast, right? It's uh, especially because with the podcast, we'll also trim clips out and those will also be published. So it's like a great ratio. Somewhere in, in like the three range is the bread and butter smartphone videos. I write them. I know them super well. I, I Every single shot where we'll go into the shot and we'll start shooting something, I'll be like, eh, we're not going to use this. Like, we don't need to shoot this. Yeah. And we know very quickly what to shoot and what not to shoot. We get higher towards like the sixes with car videos because we'll shoot just a ton of rolling shots. Right. Like we just yeah, got a yeah. ton of shots of the car. It's driving. Here, let's get another shot of it driving. Like, I think I remember reading that the Grand Tour has something like a 2,000 to 1 shooting ratio or something because oh, like, they they've are... got like seven cameras rolling yeah. all the time. I mean, when I'm talking about that for podcasts, I'm not counting like the three cameras we've got here. It's like sure, sure, sure. Just, mm. just in terms of, of time. Of time, right, exactly. Yeah, I, I think we shoot a lot of time for the, for the car stuff and those end up being trimmed a lot. And then I actually see on the furthest end of the spectrum at like a nine is when we shot Retrotech, which was a, a YouTube original series. Oh, because that was TV style. That, that was, was exactly. That yeah, was that was TV with style. a production company with a TV style producer. Yep. Yeah. So we, we shot for six weeks for six episodes. Wow. So there was quite a bit of things that we either didn't use at all or used 90 seconds out of three hours yep. or, or people flew in and we ended up, you know, making a bonus content or whatever. There's a yep. lot of that. So that's sort of the scale in my head. I think I aim for like a three yeah. on a good day. I don't know about what is your what is your typical ratio uh, on the on the channel that's just got my name on it. Yeah, um, probably about a three on that scale, I'd say, because yeah. there's a lot of cut down interviews. And those obviously you're taking 20 minutes and cutting it down to, to two. Sure. But I'm going in with a script where I've got hopefully every word written out in advance. You hopefully, fully script everything. Uh, yeah. We have to Ho- ask this question because yeah. it is Ho- Hopefully there should be no impressive. surprises. I go in, and there's uh, Destin who runs Smarter Every Day, who yep. has the exact opposite approach, as far as I can tell. He goes in, <laughs> gets the interview, goes and, round, does the, and then patches it up afterwards, right. tells the story afterwards. And that's a, a lovely approach, and it does not fit with the way my brain works. It's a different skill. Um, I, I don't like cutting down anything. I, I, I don't like looking at my own incompetence. <laughs> so, like, cool. Get that recorded, get that done, get the interview, get the B-roll, get my piece to camera, mm-hmm. tick, 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 job done. I always like the ones where I, I break away from that script. Um, there's one in production right now uh, from France where, yeah, act two and three, the script just says, see what happens. Yeah. But that's always a nightmare for my editor. Right. So the, the cost goes from research into production. Yeah. So that's that's the the... I can't call it the main channel anymore because I'm not sure it is. That's fair. Uh, the channel with my name on it. It's funny. You said it goes, the cost goes from research to production, but also the time goes right. from research to production. Yeah. So as, if, as I've been the editor for the last 10 years, it's like I prefer to plan everything and know exactly what we're going to shoot. But then there are some things where like, I'm just going to need someone to explain this to me and then I'll cut it down. And there are some things where it's like, let's just try it and see what happens. And I always feel like those... 
you feel pressure to get something out of it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. Right. Uh, those are interesting. But uh, I think you were going to ask about well, I was, scripting, right? Uh, yeah, scripting, <laughs> like, your videos are insanely impressive with the scripting and how we you love them. fit it with, I think, a this, perfect... This is luck that I have, by, by no design of my own, I write in roughly the same way I talk. Okay. I can write in my own voice. Mm-hmm. So no, that's a skill. what I'm doing is just researching. Like, I will have... 50 tabs open, long documents open, skim, skim, notes, notes, notes. St- and then I just start writing. I put paragraphs together and move things around. Mm-hmm. And I've got a script. Um, that's, that, I hate to say that's all there is to it. I like that's, that's the, one, the one skill I've got. The one actual skill what? is taking a thousand pages of content yeah. and turning them into four paragraphs that tell a story. Or occasionally like half an hour that tells a story. That's, that's the one thing I can do. And then over on, on the, the Plus channel, which increasingly that sounds like it's a second channel and it's becoming the main one. But in that case, that is unscripted to the extent Mm. that sometimes I don't really know what I'm going into. I know what the top line is. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I know I'm going to uh, a farm and it's going to be something about herding sheep. And literally that's all I knew going into that video. And then I spend a morning learning sheep herding and learning with someone who is, he's, really good at it and who can show off their skill and I can I can show off someone else's talent or learn a thing that's really been quite uh, a, a different experience for me and a really rewarding experience for me um, but I'm aware that the only reason that exists the only reason that that basically I have become and this reference will not land for anyone in this room the only reason I've basically become a, a, a Blue Peter presenter is that I have the old channel which means that people are following me as a person, which is something I'm generally uncomfortable with. Um, and it's the reason that the the channel is about working with others and learning from others mm-hmm. generally, as opposed to it being about me. Yeah. You'll notice that I have evaded almost all the questions about <laughs> history and workflow by changing it to being about you or about something else, which is what I always do. <laughs> I think I always, I, I tend to, divide YouTubers into like type A, type B in so many different ways. And I think we were just touching on one, which is like scripted or unscripted. Mm. And in tech, most of us are very scripted. And I think most of us want to try to also do unscripted stuff. So we'll do like unboxing stuff. Or this, or, or, or conversations, right. podcasts it's about such tech. such a different skill. And it's, mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it's a different skill. And it's, yeah. it's kind of fun to like I, I break know, out of that. I know from university radio many many years ago that i am bad at solo unscripted mm-hmm. just i'm bad at it fine if i've got some people to bounce off right. but solo unscripted is is not a thing i can do it's a, it's a could i spend years building that skill up as well yeah i could but anything i do is now very public and you you can't launch a thing yeah, learn in public is right it? right yeah. right i mean you, you can as long as yeah. no one's really watching right here's another type a type b uses a teleprompter doesn't use a teleprompter you're 100% prompter. You do? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. Really? Like, you're good what? at reading from a teleprompter. <laughs> I think some of the situations you're in make it very, like, when you're walking around, I think the last video I did was on a well, mechanical let's, okay, elephant. Okay, let's, let's say it's 100% scripted. Okay. That's, uh, that's a, a better way of putting it, but I don't enjoy learning lines. Like, you've, um, you've written it all so you know it very well. Yeah. But then as far as, like, actually reading from, let's say, a teleprompter on the lens, you can sort of look away and make it feel natural because Be- you know. Uh, because I write, you write like it. I speak. Right, right, right. So a lot of times, 
that's not acting as a prompter. It's acting as uh, a an, guide. A, a guide. It's a, it's a memoir. I can move a few words around and know it'll still work. Yep. I can recover occasionally from going off on a tangent, coming back, speeding up my voice a little bit so I can get in and, all oh, right, yep, yeah, I'm back with the words now. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that I, I have to do that is if I get a fact wrong, everyone will call me on it. Uh, and there will yep. be a, a note on my, another note on my corrections page. Mm-hmm. I once, uh, I was filming many years ago at the top of a wind turbine, and I accidentally said thousands instead of hundreds or something like that the other way around. It's, it's an obvious error. There's yeah. nothing I can do about it. Nowadays, I could probably have an AI clone of my voice or cut away <laughs> and dub over. I've had to do that before. Uh, I forget what the line was. I just said it completely wrong on location. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just just indefensible blunder, just got the words completely wrong. But I was just kind of standing on a road somewhere. So I went out to a similar road with a similar thing, put the microphone in the same position, had an earpiece just repeating the line over to me. To match it. Dubbed the words in, and it sounded close enough. Yeah. Um, there is a video, uh, and I won't say which one it is because I don't want people to go looking for it. Um, there is a video where I consistently mispronounced a word like four or five times. Oh, no. I just um, I just got two of the syllables the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. No one called me on it at the time. I don't think anyone noticed at the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fairly obscure word. Um, what we did, is, and the audio editor uh, just, I, I have so much, so much respect for them because what we did is I went to a room about the same size I played the line back. I just, I ADR'd it. You know, I just said the line repeatedly correctly and he just cross-faded between the two at the right moments. And you cannot tell. uh, The lip movements don't actually quite match if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. But no one's going to spot that. Nobody's looking for You can get away with a lot by just quietly cutting away. Yeah. I think that's something... uh, Sorry, Karen. Well, I was going to say, we have that in common where like, we're talking about things, and if you get a fact wrong, everyone likes to point out that the the fact about the thing was wrong. Like, mm-hmm. it's with tech, that's, like, notorious. Like, if you get a fact wrong in tech. Um, so I do write 95% of what I'm saying, and so what I'll do, I've said this before, I have all of my bullets and my paragraphs in, on my phone, and my phone is, like, in my lap or something on a table yeah. next to me, and so I'll pick it up, get the facts that I need to get right, put it down, and deliver it. So I can kind of veer off and do a tangent and whatever, and hopefully none of those facts are wrong. But as long as I hit those things, I'm still fine. But I've never been good at like actually like reading and then talking yeah. and then seeing that the lines moving. I, I've, I'm just terrible at that. I look like I'm staring into a camera, which is not good. <laughs> uh, so shout out to you for doing that super well. Yeah. I think only the people who are making the things really realize that, that how, yeah. how edited these things we're watching are. Yeah. I feel like every time I watch something, I am watching it in one half of my brain for the entertainment value and in the other half of my brain for how I think they made it. There's a cut, there's a cut, there's a cut. Yeah. That was filmed at a completely different time. What was, um, on the plane, I watched um, Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious spinoff, mm-hmm. um, because I would like to turn my brain off for two hours of this plane journey. Why not? There is a scene at the power plant, which is like the, which I thought was the ending of the movie, and then it just keeps going. Like, it's just a, it's just a set piece in the middle. And there's one point where they cut to the characters... And they've got bright sunlight on them and shadows, which are present in none of the other scenes. Not even close. It's a cloudy day for everything apart from three cuts. Why? What happened there? Yeah. That is a, what, seven, eight, nine-figure movie budget. You couldn't have reshot that? 
I don't know. Somewhere. It's, it's a curse of being a like video creator. It's right. like I went to film school too, too and just like watching movies that those little <laughs> continuity mistakes here yep. and there are just like, wait a minute. And my wife hates when I scroll yep. back. I was like, like, that was wrong. Did you catch that? that? You yeah. see that? So you you cut back. away from that character and then cut back just as they finished that line. So that was done afterwards <laughs> because some exec went, I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's a, that's a classic one. Yeah. Would you find, I'm interested in how you edit a lot of your stuff because a lot of it seems one take. There are, Multiple, multiple. I think the one I think of the most is the um, the really bad roadway with the music in California. Yes. That felt like... Oh, no. that Because uh, obviously I am driving. Yeah. I cannot use any sort of prompter. Uh, no, but I've got like five cameras on. If, if and, then I, and then I did up and backs at the same speed enough times with okay. enough GoPros. I knew going in that that was going to be a nightmare. Yeah. So yeah. I just... yeah. You, you, is it cheating? I don't know. It feels no, I like wouldn't cheating. Call it, I would say, if Movie you magic. asked me, I would have said you scripted that perfectly to get to it, hit it, turn back around. Because you can see you making the U-turns, going back yeah. around. I honestly would have thought that was one. <laughs> so Movie kudos magic. to editing and scripting and everything on that video. I think that was me editing as well. I think it that was, was me. Very well done. I'm not sure. Apologies to, to, <laughs> apologies to the team <laughs> if that okay. wasn't me. But, uh... All right. I want to ask you a question about your, your workflow and how you make <laughs> videos. Just directly. You have such a variety of topics. Do you start with, here's a thing I like, I'm going to make a video? Yeah. Or do you go backwards, which is what I've learned a lot of YouTubers do, start with a title and a thumbnail and go, that's a video I want to make, and then go back and decide how to create that video? Because I've done both at this point. I find it yes. more challenging sometimes to do one than the other, but it depends on the topic. For the regular videos, for the ones I'm known for, yeah. it's from the subject and out. And so um, you make the whole video. And, and then I have to come up with the damn title. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is deeply frustrating. Again, Spaceship for Sharks. Yep. The only reason that I was able to do that video is I came up with the title, which again, really annoys me. Mm -hmm. But that was the thing that made, made me go, okay, yeah, this works. Yeah. And I have had to not do videos in the past because I'm like, there is, there is no way to get people to click on this. It's it's yeah. really interesting. If if they if they watch it, it'd be great. But I know they're not going to. Again, YouTube versus magazine show from the 90s. However, for longer form stuff, um, particularly on on the plus channel, then yeah, that can that can be driven by the title. Um, okay. the one a while back on uh, copyright from many years ago. Like YouTube's copyright system isn't broken, the world's is. Oh, that's a title. That is I remember title. that going from the title and going, well, yeah, that's the thesis I want to make. All right, here we go. <laughs> Time to dive in. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, there's some videos sometimes where I'm like, I think that you, I think Tech YouTube deserves a video with this title because yep. this is the point that needs to be made. Now let me reverse engineer my yep. way of arriving to that point. Because I like to structure videos in a way that sort of yep. land somewhere where you can get to the title or get yep. to the thesis. Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you a video that I yeah. I want to do but can't. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to throw this out because because by throwing this out here, I will finally get the video out of my <laughs> head, and I don't have to I don't have to pour over this on my ideas board. Right. I've got it out. Someone out there can have it, mm -hmm. which is on content for kids on YouTube, not really being. Uh, so we're not talking about like the the stuff from years ago with like algorithmically generated 
else in Spider-Man videos. Mm. And we're not talking about stuff that is for younger kids. We're talking about stuff that's for, so the ages, maybe nine to 13, that kind of age. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever looked at YouTube trending, that'll show up there quite a lot. And what, so there's a couple of reasons I don't want to do this. First, it would involve actively calling specific creators out. I could not tell the story without naming people. And I don't want to do that. I don't think that's a fair thing to do. Certainly, if if you're ever going to do that, then the thing to do is do right of reply. You reach out to them. You get their response to it. Like, there's a whole ethical thing that you're required to do that apparently is mostly ignored on YouTube. But, like, basic ethics, you reach out, you get the response. I don't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to name this is the problem. But for the examples I know, I would have to specifically go, this is the problem. Fine doing that for television. On the, uh, I did a video about advertising disclosures. And I'm okay to call out a, I'm okay to call out a television show because that is run by a corporation with a hundred employees. I'm not, I'm not saying you there, you have made the mistake. Mm -hmm. Most YouTube operations, I'll be, I'll be pointing at a person and I don't want to do it. It also feels like punching up instead of punching down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, setting, setting that aside, yeah. I would have to make specific examples. Maybe I could, maybe I could like get someone to animate. But you're still talking about people. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I don't want to deal with the backlash from that audience. You know, I don't want kids angrily. I, I don't want internet kids <laughs> defending their heroes to come at me because yeah. you're not going to be able to reason with. You're not going to be able to reason with any internet crowd. But it's just, I don't want that hassle. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what this came from is comparing two videos and what was judged age-restricted and safe. So again, the title would be something like How Safe is YouTube for Children or something like that. Again, so your first comparison is to uh, the TV I grew up with and to all the regulations that broadcast television has to have for protection of kids. And the one that that is in my head, aside from all the stuff about sex and violence, the obvious ones, there is one about uh, imitable behaviour. I might be using the right... I might be using the wrong word there. Mm. Behaviour that could be imitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the two videos I really want to compare, neither of which like I endorse as a thing, just to be clear. Um, there was a British YouTuber or team about three years ago, I think now, who were doing big, uh, just hurting themselves for views, which like... It's jackass. It's a genre. Right. I have no problem with that. Like you I grew up in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he like the the title was cementing my head inside a microwave. Jesus. Now oh it's not actually cement. It's um, I think the US term is like spackle. It's the stuff you put on yeah, walls yeah. that hardens. Mm-hmm. Like to like yeah. fix drywall patches and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And like I'm not going to call these guys out because the, the first 15 seconds of that video is some of the best editing I've ever seen <laughs> for a coming up. It's it's brilliantly done. Yeah. But obviously age restricted backlash. Like no adverts on it. Absolutely. Like, YouTube still has that up, I think. But obviously, like, that was a news story because the fire brigade had to come and save his life because it went wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it was a news story, public apology kind of thing. Like, no ads and anything like that. And that was in my head because I saw something on Trending a few months ago, which was, and again, I have to call out a specific video here. There's, there's no... I, I don't want to imply that this is a deliberate thing. This is... I would read it as folks who have no one in the loop who is saying this is maybe not something we should do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize overly. I'm criticizing the idea, which was uh last to escape concrete wins. Yeah. And you've got three guys doing all the 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 hyperactive cuts that has become common for YouTube yeah, for young. That. 
pretending to be in setting concrete. And it's clearly not because, like, that's yeah. a like it, a alkali burns like yeah. uh, physical burns because it's it's an exothermic reaction that is obviously not real, but they're playing it as real, and that's the sort of thing that would be completely, utterly blocked from broadcast, at least in in any European country. I don't know how the First Amendment affects that in the US, but certainly for for kids, yeah, um, that. Like growing up, we had uh, the US term is public service announcements. We'd call them public information films okay. about not playing on construction sites or with construction equipment. The idea that a show for kids, teenagers, anything like that would encourage something like that is just no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't even, if there's a million kids watching that and one of them now thinks that it's safe to play in concrete then not only is that that a bad thing, obviously, because the kid's going to get hurt, but also that's a, a lawsuit in enormous liability for them, just from a, a self, from a purely selfish perspective for them, ignoring the welfare of kids, uh-huh. that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Hmm. But YouTube will happily serve up adverts on that. That's suitable for everyone. That's suitable for all ages. Hmm. And rather than the, the overt worry that this is clearly bad for kids, there is this subtle thing of... This is this. So that is. Sorry, that was a long diversion. Um, but there is a lot of stuff out there that is not obviously unsafe for children, but with a moment's thought that the algorithm doesn't have and that human reviewers generally don't have time to have. They'll be often. All right, is this an, is this obviously a stunt? Is this a, uh, it's someone messing about in some grey slime? Okay, right, we're fine. There is a lot of stuff that could cause imitable behaviour. I would love to make that video. Like I can see, like the copyright yeah. video, like the advertising video, I, I have the structure of that in my head. It's 30 to 40 minutes long. It's got a few jokes in there, and a really nice conclusion. And nope, I'm yeah. not going to call out specific people, despite the fact I just kind of did. But you know what I mean by that. I'm not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not going to put someone's face in the thumbnail. Right. Um, and I don't want to have to deal with a load of kids defending that crowd. Um, it's, that sounds like a Nerd City video, doesn't it? It does. And that's someone who is absolutely up for that fight. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I totally get not wanting to, you know, unleash that potential comment section. Because even in the, the tech world here, like, I'd say most tech YouTubers are, are pretty close to each other. There's not a lot of drama going on in here. And yet I'll still see in comments people attacking other creators or defending other creators on things that, like, there is absolutely nothing to defend against. Maybe just two people had a different opinion. Like, it's, it's, it's this whole crazy. parasocial relationships thing, yes. which, like, they, it feels like there's been so much meta discourse about that now. Because I, I did a talk... I, I'm sorry, I'm going to name drop here. I did a talk at the Royal Institution a few years ago, which was... Which, which again, sounds like a, a prison from a comic book. But the Royal Institution is, is like, <laughs> very, very famous uh, scientific society in mm-hmm. London. And had a whole section at the point where where parasocial relationships were starting to become a mainstream concept that you you attach this person and defend them, and my brain does not do that. I just I don't have that in my head. I find it deeply uncomfortable when someone does that towards me and tries to discourage it as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the second channel's kind of about that. That's kind of what it's it's like built on. Like even even if you just go by the first channel. And it's your name. It's my name. And it's, and it's you're the host every time. Right. 
And so they come back expecting one thing to be common about every single one of these videos is I get to see Tom do mm-hmm. something. Um, Which is why I love doing guest videos every January. I didn't do them this year. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed going, yeah, you know what? Taking this week off. Here's another person. Yeah. And despite the fact that these videos are frequently better than the ones I'm doing, um, if the title's good, yeah, it'll work. But you can see the regular audience not coming back as often for that. And Mm. that is something I'm not really comfortable with. Like, there are loads of people who've handled that really well. I mean, how do you handle it? Because your channel is, is, do you have a distinction between you as your name and you as MKBHD? So yeah, definitely. I, I, and it's very intentional. Uh, there is a difference between what I share publicly uh, and what I experience. And, and it's a very limited slice that right. NKBHD is. It's a presentation of a limited slice of that. Um, and that's on purpose. Now, it is kind of cool still that I'll be, you know, I, I share the videos and the tech stuff and I'll see people in public and I'm like, oh, I, I've, I bought this phone because of you. Like it's, you know, they feel that attachment, which is cool. Um, and I do Influence. share, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I do also, I, I play a sport, which is a yes. public sport with spectators and they will come to games and that's cool too. And some people will even say they started playing the sport because they saw it in, in, you know, all the channel or something like that, which is cool. Um, but it, yeah, it is a very limited slice of it specifically so that I cannot feel uncomfortable with anything because I did not share it. Exactly, which is why I'm always so cautious in interviews like this. Why, again, why I keep diverting the questions. Yeah, yeah. Because I am here as that public version of me. It's like, going back, I, I should have picked a stage name. Uh, by the time I realised that, it was far too late. Yeah. Um, but ideally, for anyone who is starting out on YouTube, like, number one, pick a stage name. Definitely. I wish it was possible to pick a stage face. I'm kind of slightly envious of the people who are wearing masks. And that's an that. interesting, that is an interesting but point. But I suspect that's true for pretty much everyone who's ever been in the public eye. Oh yeah. Well, so there was a point on YouTube and this was maybe, let's see, probably about three to four years into when I started making videos that I decided actively not to show my face. And I was making videos about devices. My hands were in it sometimes. Like I'd had, I had videos of my face in the beginning and I was like, no more face, no more face. This will just be my voice and my hands. And I would show gadgets and I would show devices and things like that. And so I went for like a full year or two without showing my face. And I was like very happy with the fact that I, you know, no matter how this goes, there is some level of anonymity, um, which is really cool. But then it was much harder to make those like personal recommendations yeah. where people can come back to an MKBHD video and know what to expect the thing that we do like so well. So I went back to A-roll showing my face and talking to a camera and it made a really big difference and people now knew what to come back to. So there, right. it is a little bit of a balancing act where, you know, maybe someday in the future there'll be like a deep fake version where I can like slightly <laughs> alter my voice and face. So like it'll be personal, but not me. Um, I mean, but you, all, you also see channels doing the management where they have had that presenter for a long time and yeah. then they sort of start another person and yeah. start another person and it becomes the team over time. I think that is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And especially if the name of the channel is already the first presenter, yes. it might just be doomed from that You point. know who's done that really well? Uh, Answer in Progress. That's a great, um, as long as, because it's Answer yeah. in Progress and the name of the channel isn't the It wasn't person. originally. It's, oh. it's been... A steady change. If that was three years ago, that was one person doing one thing. Okay. And it's a whole 
brands shift. That, as intense. far as I can tell, I, I, I don't know, but as far as I can tell, that seems to be... I mean, it's three very clever people. I think that's very I, I, If that's not premeditated from the start, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. And they've done it and they've come through the other end. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we're in the club of, uh, you know, people like uh, Linus or... Uh, I'm just thinking of people who go by their name. Where Linus did do it, though. He has multiple, uh, he has, he's multiple like, other hosts now. I would say he's in like a gray area where it's his name... And people mostly come back for him, but he does have some other hosts that do well. And do I think he could leave that channel and it would have the same feel and still be called Linus Tech Tips? I don't know. That's I a think really that's a three-year strategy. Yeah, that's a that. long-term gray area. But again, it's it's got that parasocial element. Uh, do yeah. you know Dropout, uh, formerly College Humor? Oh, yeah, yeah. So they have basically pivoted to being a streaming service. Mm-hmm. That is is basically parasocial. You know, it's the same crew every time. Mm-hmm. It's doing different formats, but it's it's about them. And I think an approach for a lot of people would be we're going to do a Patreon and host it on YouTube. Whereas they have gone, no, we are a streaming service. We're doing professional shows. And there seems to be this spectrum from it is one person you are supporting them to this is a brand and this is what you come back for and this is a reputation and I would love to push more that way um, yeah difficult when you when you want those alright we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at orus.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, uh, but I now have a channel that is about meeting other people and collaborating with YouTubers or people with skills or companies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So what would you pitch as that? Because obviously you have you have sport, uh, but there's not. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do uh, do an ultimate frisbee match in like uh, in like one day of filming. Right, right. What right. would what would you want to do for something like that? This is this is me saying come on the plus channel, but yeah. there's also me going. What are you interested in? Because I'm I'm using that as an excuse to get over fears that I've had to introduce things to other people and to have things introduced to me. Right. What's What's on your bucket list of I have not found an excuse to do that. And while while you while you're thinking about that, because. Uh, because one of the things that I have is, is there are things I want to do that I don't have an excuse for. I want to go and do this. Yeah, that's oh, not I've a good, got a couple. It's, it's not a good video. It's yeah. not a good thing. I can't, I can't reasonably expense this. Um, <laughs> like, what's, what's on your list for stuff like that? So I have, like, the, the, the sort of core things that I, I enjoy. It's the tech. It's making videos. It's the sports that I play. But I also have these other... I've probably mentioned this at some point before. These other couple random bucket list things where I really like experiencing natural phenomenon, like weather phenomenon. Um, I've had, I mean, here we get hurricane blizzard down South. You get, you know, hurricane. I've, I've not yet done two, which are seen a tornado. Yep. I thought storm chasing was going to come. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, experienced the Aurora Borealis. I have not oh. actually seen or heard it. One of those really. is scarier than the other. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Terrified of electricity. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and from so, a production perspective, they're a complete pain in the ass because... Oh, hard to capture those and yeah. not be in mortal danger. Right. At least the first Well, one. either either in mortal danger or you need to see that there's a, see the solar forecast and then drop everything yeah. and travel many, many miles. Those, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll, I mean, I'll add I'll add storm chasing to the list. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it happens, I'll let you know. I was hoping you were going to pitch something that was going to be like in New Jersey. That we well, go here's do. the other one. Okay, the other one is I do want to visit all 50 states, but I have a hard time coming up with a reason for about 10 of them. <laughs> so, all right, I all right. Let's tornado, offend 10 states. Tornado <laughs> and Oklahoma might just be yeah. the perfect. Like I've never been, but like I got to see a tornado and like you know the Great Plains. Maybe there's a reason there. Um, but yeah, I've I've gone to like I think I've been in 35 something like that states so yeah maybe there's something there yeah have you i mean i assume how many states actually i should ask how many states of the united states have you actually been to? <laughs> oh see see you added of the united states i'm gonna denial <laughs> um i don't know i've uh not very many uh there's only a couple good ones. I'm just going to be Oh, honest. I'm just going to oh, be honest. Oh, man, Iowa. <laughs> Iowa is going to come for you so hard. That's, I've uh... never been, so I can't speak for them. <laughs> but, you know, I know I know the ones I like, you know. Um, I'm keeping my mouth shut on this one. No, I'm not going <laughs> to risk offending an American state. Look, Tom Scott's been in New Jersey. We've got New Jersey pride going. Like, it's a good, it's one of the good ones. First time I was in New Jersey, um, I was driving down one of the one of the big roads, probably the turnpike. Mm-hmm. I just realized I was driving through the opening sequence of The Sopranos. 
Nice. Uh, Turn back, nice. yeah. Yep. By luck, had woke up this morning by Animal Weapon 3 on my phone. Like, all right, I'm going to play that. I'm going to cruise down here for a while. This is, yep, this is. Yeah, yeah, see, it's one of the good ones. Yeah. Um, your channel, you were just saying how you're, like, kind of getting with other creators and going over fears and stuff like that. Has there been anyone that you almost didn't do because of how scared you were of it? Or <laughs> or is there like a specific one that just like you yeah. really, really were nervous about before going into it? Yeah. When, uh, when's this when's this podcast coming out? Is it Friday? So Friday yeah, maybe. No, it's it's gonna be in a week's time, it's gonna be the next video. Okay. Um I have had a phobia of roller coasters for a long, long time. I Where remember you saying something about that. I think you mentioned yeah. Uh, you were on those robo coasters, and I think you mentioned one in Seaside, which is actually yeah, so, not too far so, from here. Yeah, there are a few places in the world where you can get on a robo coaster, which is a robot arm with two seats on the end. Um, yeah, what? It's, it's in big, Seaside Heights. It's a big industrial robot arm. There's a couple in the US. I think the ones in the UK have closed down now. Oh, really? um, but there's one in, in I think Lego. There's a lot in, in Legoland in Denmark. I think. Okay. And there's definitely a couple in the US. <laughs> they don't. They didn't bother theming it for this one. It was just. Do you want to ride on a robot arm? We put two seats and a harness on the end. And you've got what? five settings, and setting five is like uh, the Incredible Hulk, uh, swinging you around. Oh, my God. Oh, if you ever get the chance, do it. I need to. The thing I'm, I'm particularly scared of is not stuff like that, because over the years I've been able to do all sorts of adrenaline junkie things. I've been scared by all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's not a roller coaster, which is the thing I'm actually scared of. It is that harnessed in, no emergency stop, no power or control. You are just on a track, going and there is no way to stop this. And that, uh, that for all my life, ever since I was young, has been the thing I want to do. And uh, without giving away any spoilers, uh, yeah, the next video on the Plus channel is, is uh, it's me and, and the, the thing I'm collaborating with is the largest theme park in the UK. Awesome. And That's diving right in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot. Yeah. Uh, and what happened is, you know, months ago, the crew went, uh, Tom, yeah, we've got this on the list. Do you, do you want to do it? I am. Sure, that is that is a problem for future me. I, you know, that's, a, that's a psychology thing, mm-hmm. right? You, you ask someone, do you want to start uh, putting money in a pension pot? They go, no. You ask, do you want to start in three months? They go, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same way, future, future me with, future me will be fine with that, you know. Yeah. But once it's in the calendar, I, it's I would like problem. I would like anyone who watches that video to know that none of that is acting. <laughs> I am not overacting for the camera at any point. That is just me. That is just, and worryingly, it is like actual me. It's not. It's not presenter Tom Scott. Presenter Tom Scott went away. Uh-huh. You can you can kind of see the change happen from because we got to go behind the scenes. Uh, I. <laughs> looking at the safety equipment and doing a track walk will not make me feel better because the actual thing that I'm scared of is the drop. Mm-hmm. Is that over the o- over the top stomach drop feeling that's the thing I'm scared of. So none of that helps. You can sort of see me go from, oh, yeah, no, this is great. I'm doing behind the scenes infrastructure stuff. Oh, yeah, I can ask this question to me. <laughs> Just very scared of me. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's going to make it a great video. I can already tell. So obviously I have to ask, yeah. what are you scared of? That's a good question. I was going to say, like, when you go from roller coaster adrenaline level to, like, bumping up, my brain just went straight to skydiving, mm-hmm. which is theoretically about the same safety level. Oh. As far as statistically. You're more likely to get injured skydiving. Yeah. I, I, by the way, fact, like, this is one of those factoids that I don't know if it's true. There is a story that the UK National Health Service uh, 
makes a loss on charity skydives because it costs more to the NHS oh. to heal all the people who've broken legs oh. than it does that is raised. Okay. Um, all right. Well, then it's, probably... it's a little bit different to roller coasters. But yeah. having said that, uh, skydiving is one of the things I did when I was like twenty twenty one. Uh, hated it. Stomach drop feeling. Hated it's a hell of a way to find out you don't like skydiving. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, whatever it is that that you are scared, like whatever it is that's that's in the back of your head that if you knew you were meeting that or doing that in half an hour, you'd be freaking out. Mm -hmm. That's where I was going into Alton Towers, going into the theme park, because it is not a rational fear. It is not something that I can just breathe and get over. It is, it's a phobia. Right. uh, But you you legitimately overcame it. Or would you say that I'm not giving you any spoilers for that. Yeah, I will will say that the, the crew had shooting scripts ready for... He's got on the roller coaster, and yeah. he's not got on the roller coaster. Like <laughs> that's awesome. There were, there, there were there were multiple branching paths available yeah. there. Yeah. To go back to a Tom Scott Plus video real quick, you did a collaboration with James Hoffman. He's oh, one yeah. of my like favorite creators. He's he's lovely. You you'll be happy to know that he is just as lovely in he, person. Uh, we've spoken a couple of times, and he's sent us coffee and stuff. He's he really is the best. Um, you went into it. You did not like coffee when you were fourteen. And then I never reevaluated that because yeah. I don't really. I think a do lot coffee, of people do that. So. I didn't start drinking coffee till I was like twenty five or something, and now I'm obsessed with it. But um, mm. but anyways, towards the end, you decided you did kind of like it. At least you liked the espresso. You thought it was an experience. Are you drinking any since then? Has it become a daily thing, a weekly thing? Uh, no, but it's become a thing I can do socially. You can do it, which socially. is really nice. That feels like what I unlocked from that was being in a coffee shop. Um, one video comes to mind, I was in uh, Scotland a while back, and we're just meeting up beforehand, and we're just going for coffee, and being able to go, actually, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to going, can I just get a glass of tap water? Is, is quite a nice social lubricant yeah, thing to sure. do. And being able to unlock that skill is, is, is what I got out of that. That's, um, I haven't reached that level. I was going to say, do you think James could convert Smart Marquez? We have had uh, Peter McKinnon tried once, but it was just like a latte from the bistro down here, which was not great. I kind of want to see the full-blown... You you were there for... It was a half-hour video. You went from the start of like... I mean, it's it's a weird... Th- I mean, he could sell that as an experience. Uh-huh. I don't I don't think he wants to. I would buy it as an experience. I think, yeah. I think that is an experience. Like, you don't like coffee. Let's work through this. Mm-hmm. But there was also the possibility that I genuinely yeah. didn't like coffee. Um, I feel like it felt a bit like hot sauce. It's a bad comparison to make, I know, in many, many ways. But this is something that is, in, in coffee's case, bitter. Mm-hmm. And an espresso is, I, I think, not a pleasant thing until you get used to what you are experiencing and until you get used to what to expect from it. Because, yeah, if, if you just... Here is an arbitrary bitter substance. You don't see people, like, looking at Nintendo Switch cartridges with a bitter coating on them and going, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we would just add other subtle flavours to this. Yeah. If, if that's how your brain's reacting, yeah. Um, but it turns out that it's actually... Yeah, I, I see why people like it. It's still not a regular thing for me, mm-hmm. but for me, it was it was unlocking that social experience that made it worth it. You're you're not a coffee person. Either. Yeah, no. I'm, I also feel like my brain is very brutally analytical in that way, where it was literally just like, "Here, taste this substance." I do not like this taste. All right, the end. I don't like coffee. Like that's just how it went. Um, yeah, same. So yeah. Same with me. 
Yeah. But then yeah. If, if that was true, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like as a kid that I wouldn't like now. Right. So, you, right. you know, I, I, hot sauce will happily work. Yeah. That was, that was a look. Have you just done a thing with hot sauce? Our last see? episode was, was just hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> was just I was, was going to suggest that's no, what hope. you two do, but I don't know. <laughs> After his second round, I don't know if you'd want oh, to go into that. I'm up for that. I'm 100% <laughs> up for that. It's a lot. I mean, if you ever get the chance to... Try the hot ones, hot sauces. Mm-hmm. There. We have them here afterwards They're if you want it. Oh, yeah, we're absolutely doing that. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. a trip. Um, <laughs> it's a good time. All right, well, I have, I have one more question for you. And this might be a question uh, I'm actually hoping you've never been asked before. All right. See, now I'm worried. Now yeah. I don't have a prepared response. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, even better. Uh, how fast can you type the alphabet? Oh, uh, I don't know. But is this, a, is this the thing you test everyone on? And, all right. It sure is. Okay. Yeah. New screen recording. Okay. Do, would see, you... see, it's a MacBook keyboard. I wait, wait, wait. So user. we do have a uh, we have a mechanical keyboard and we have a chiclet style keyboard. If you would prefer something else, I mean, what I'm tempted to do is bring my own laptop in. I mean, you I'm, can. It's sure. just a website. I'm going to bring my home laptop in. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll we'll take we'll home take we'll, we'll take a break. <laughs> Sorry, that's Quick not my job. Up. But uh... full size, I'm expecting good things now. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> I have only just realized this, this This is your mouse. Uh, oh, thank, yeah. you, thank you for loaning the mouse. Because um, I spilled water on my touchpad and I haven't got a warranty replacement yet. Um, I have only just realized that this is by RGB mouse, which is ludicrous. It's glowing. Huh. Yep. It's beautiful. Okay, so what we typically do is give people three shots. Okay. Um, and just FYI, as you're typing, if you mess up a letter, it will not continue. You have to hit every single letter A through Z. Okay. And, and you, that's the only rule. You don't have to hit enter at the end. Because sometimes that resets it. But... Uh, All right, so let me. Uh, I'm going to put my glasses on for this because I am extremely competitive. I am. Uh, expecting... Oh yes, I love I'm going to. I'm going to move the microphone as well. Is that okay? Yeah, gonna, yeah, sure. Just, sorry to look... sorry to the sound engineers. Can I? All right. I was going to point this at the keyboard, but it's not turning, so we'll just go with it. So I uh, first of all, what time am I trying to beat? Oh, Holy, okay. Oh my yeah, God. I lo- no, I love this so far. You don't even yeah, want to yeah. go. You I am. I am yeah, wait, competitive as hell. <laughs> okay. I like, think you're see, looking I, at about four. Believe it's and a right around seconds. four. Is it Quinn number one? I think Quinn Snaz from it's Snazzy Labs. It's definitely under five and above three. Oh, my heart's going now. I'm overcompetitive. <laughs> oh man, I wish you had like a fitness tracker on or something, and we could have the stats <laughs> up on the. Five point one. It's wow. not good enough. I want to put the mic on. That's not good so enough. It's Wait, not good enough. I screwed just, up. I screwed up on W. Do you want a reference to where you are with that? You get three tries. So okay, this, if is, you this is try number two. Up, this yeah, is try yeah. number two. So wait, wait, was that two or was, are we going into two now? No, no, that was one. You're all right. Um, okay, when you get to Z, that's it. You said it was five point one. Yeah. So you're right between Jad from Radio Lab and Josh Wardle, the creator of Wordle. Oh, I've right got to beat now. that. I've You've got to beat that. All yeah. right, here we go. You're, it would be fourth place. All right. Three point five. That sounded three point oh five five five. There we go. We're never I, get that beat. You're almost a full second ahead now of this place. <laughs> that, that was incredible. Was, do you want to go one more? I mean, yeah. yeah let's we'll try count it. fastest. So because I definitely, reason. I definitely had to retype something there. There's a, there's a big gap. Yeah, W X Y Z. Yeah, that's where I screwed up every the, time. I'm interested. You're going very fast. Does this feel? It's weird typing the alphabet, right? Yeah, because it's something it's you almost really never weird. do. There's a couple yeah. times where one hand is doing everything, yeah. and um, but wow. Yes, yeah, right, W X. All right, here we go. Hands are shaking now. Uh, Probably put pressure on me. Hmm. No, already went. <laughs> already went. Already went. I mean, still three point five. Three point five five. 
that's gonna be yeah. up, that's gonna be on the leaderboard I'm my friend have for a hard time quite a while seeing <laughs> someone beating that but uh, yeah i had one bit of luck there that everything just i, I still think i mistyped a w in there and just and i reckon i reckon with effort i could get that under three Wow. But it would be like a hundred tries, and that would be the, that would be the best. Uh, the well, best I am thoroughly impressed with three point five five on your second. <laughs> oh, that's try. a relief. Uh, that's a relief. That, that feels really like awesome. that feels like the Top Gear lap. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's what exactly. we based it all after. Yeah. Oh, we that, do uh, need the physical board with like the magnets eventually. There, there's something intimidating about yeah, that. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's a great way to end it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank if, you for thank joining you. me. If, this if I screwed that up, I'd never forgive myself. <laughs> Make sure to save the screen recording so we definitely have yep. evidence of it. Um, I'm glad I witnessed a sub four. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. sick. That was... Well, we'll come back next week. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk a lot more tech next time, I promise, but this was way too much fun. For See sure. you guys later. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Roven. We are partnered with Vox Media and our intro outro music was created by Vane. So... We're visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.